Let's jump into this message this morning. I'm doing my best to cut it back. I just want to see how y'all would respond. <laughs> I didn't know if someone's going to say, liar. No. I did. I did legitimately try to cut it back. Uh, but we're in a series, and, and it's, the series is called The Good Life. And we've been, this is week three, and we're talking about this life that Jesus promises us while we wait for his return. We should be, as believers, living the good life. Jesus is clear in scriptures that there's a life designed and set up for us to live as believers. And so we've been talking that for the last two, two weeks. Today's part three. Uh, the first one was on Jesus gives us hope. Uh, we talked about how that hope is so incredible. Then last week we talked about how Jesus gives us faith. And we kind of straightened up some of the faith issues that the church tends to have. And today, I want to preach a message to you that if you're a workaholic, you're going to get a word today. If you're a busybody, this word's for you. Jesus gives us, you ready? Rest. Jesus gives us rest. Our key verse for the series is John chapter 10, starting in verse 9. Let's pray before we get started. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for this message. I pray that you would change our hearts and our lives with this message. I pray that, God, I would only speak your words and we would only hear your words this morning. We love you and we bless you. Teach us how to rest in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 10, verse 9 to 11 is our key verses for the series. And it, it starts this. Jesus is, is speaking. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. It's not just one, it's all three. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Jesus makes two claims about himself in these verses. The first claim that he makes is that he's the gate. In other words, Jesus is telling us today that the only way into good life, the only way into eternity is through the gate called Jesus. Like you will not find eternity in heaven. You will not find yourself in heaven for eternity unless you go through the gate called Jesus. And then while you're on this planet waiting for Jesus' return, you're not going to live the good life until you go through the gate called Jesus. So you can be rich, you can be successful, you can be prosperous, you can live on the right end of town, you can have everything going your way, but if you've never walked through the gate called Jesus, I'm just sorry to tell you today, actually I'm not, you're not living the good life. You're living the world's life. And that's, that's a far cry different than the good life that Jesus promises to us. So Jesus makes the claim that he's the gate. The second claim that he makes is he's the good shepherd. Which is really cool because Jesus is my shepherd. He's the one who cares for me. He's the one who leads me into green pastures. He's the one who protects me. He's the one who watches over me. He fights the wolves for me. Come on, somebody. He's the good shepherd. We talked in the first message of the series how when Jesus said he's the gate, and back in those days, they would bring the sheep into a pen at night, a big pen, high fenced so the predators couldn't get in, but there was only one gate, and that gate was just as big, or it was only as big as the shepherd was. 
So that way at night, the shepherd could lay down across the opening. He was the gate. If anyone was going to get to the sheep, they'd have to go through Jesus. That should bring you a little bit of security. That should bring you a little bit of rest. So Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And then he says that I want to give you a rich and satisfying life. So today I want to show you how Jesus gives us rest, and I want to show you how important this rest is. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. It's quiet in this digital church. (laughs) There you go. Somebody flipped the page for their pastor. Genesis chapter 2, listen to what it says. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. God knew how many days it would take to create the heavens and the earth. He was not guessing. He was not trying to figure it out as he went. In fact, every single day, he had a very distinct purpose for what he was going to create that day. I want you to understand this, and I want you to think deeply about this, because God could have said it all in one time, and it would have all been created at one time. But for some reason, God chose to do it in days. And so he took six days to create the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And then he created a seventh day. And that day, he rested. Why create the seventh day, the seventh day, if you don't plan on resting? Why not just have six days? Instead, God created seven days. In other words, God knew beforehand that it would take him six days to create the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he would rest. In other words, God planned his rest. In other words, God scheduled in his rest. He didn't just take it when it occasionally came. He scheduled in his rest. Ah. So the seventh day was created for rest. Now you got to understand something. God didn't rest because he was weary. He rested because he had done enough. I'm about to get up in your business. He didn't rest because he was tired. God never gets tired. He doesn't fatigue. He doesn't get tired. He rested because he was done. God didn't rest because of fatigue. He rested because of accomplishment. Now, some of you hear that and you go, well, yeah, that's what I do. I don't rest until I've accomplished everything I set for myself to do. And I knew you would say that. And that's why I'm saying this. Because I knew you would say that. Or some of you would think that. Well, yeah, that's what I do. I'm doing that. Yeah, the problem is you've been working for six months. And you're still not accomplished. And you're still not resting. What if you're trying to do too much too quick? There was a group of guys, they were theologians, and their name is Alabama. And they wrote a song. 
And the, and the, and the lyrics in this song go like this. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really want to do is live and die. I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Come on, there's more. I'm in a hurry and don't know why. I hear a voice that says I'm running behind. Anybody ever heard that voice? I better pick up my pace. It's a race, and there's no room for someone in second place. Now, I'm going to tell you, for my own life, that's a bit prophetic. I'm joking. They're not theologians, but it fit. So I want you to notice a few things that the Lord shows us about rest and how he wants us to enjoy it. The first thing I want you to notice is that he rested from all his work. Say all. all. Yeah. He rested from all his work. He made an abrupt stop in his schedule for the single purpose of rest from work. The next thing the Lord did was he declared the day holy. Meaning this, that that day should be set apart for a special purpose. So it's not just getting off on Friday, cashing your check, grabbing a six-pack of beer, and waiting for a football game to come, and hopefully you can drink your sorrows away until Monday shows up. It's a scheduled time where you stop everything, and it's a holy day that you set apart for a special purpose. It's not a day, watch this now, it's not a day to get ahead. It's not a day to cheat the system. God rested from all his work. I'm just trying to bless you. That's all I'm trying to do. I ain't trying to be mean to you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to bless you, give you a little rest. Because you need it. So, so he declares the day holy. It's set apart for a special purpose. If Almighty God rested, shouldn't we rest also? <laughs> I mean, he sets the value of rest in creation. Think about it. All this stuff that we're living on and living in was created, but then he said, that's enough. Let's take a break. I know your job is important. I know your paycheck is important. I also know that your God is important. I also know that your God is a provider. And I read my Bible. He'll drop food from heaven if he needs to. He just, he just doesn't like it when, when our work becomes our God. And then we get unhealthy. And we start fighting with each other. And we kick the cat. So the Hebrew word for rest here is the word Shabbat. And the word means to stop working. It's an abruption. It's just like an all of a sudden stop. Just stop. The whistle blows, stop. Put your tools down, you're done. It's like when you used to take those tests that you'd have to circle in the blank, the, the, fill in the circles with the number two pencil. I ain't been that far out of school. I remember the number two pencil. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness in this place? And then when they say, okay, time's up, you had to put your pencil down, it was an abrupt stop, Right? The word Shabbat means to come to a sudden stop. So God stopped working 
one day, and it's called Shabbat. Go with me to verse 8 of Genesis chapter 2. It says this, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. So God created a garden in chapter 2 for the man to hang out in, for the man to enjoy. He had to tend it. That was his work. He had to take care of it. He had to be a good steward of it. But it was his place to meet with the Lord. And the scriptures read that God would show up in the cool of the day and he would walk with Adam. That's cool. So watch this. God created a place, a paradise, for man to live so that he could come and they could hang out together. Is there anything wrong with that? Why would anyone ever ever have an issue with God showing up and hanging out with them? Unless they were hiding something. Come on. So the Lord God planted a garden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. It was God's perfect way of just blessing Adam. This shows the heart of God for us. You know, if we'll let him, he'll put us in a good place. If we let him, he'll lead us to streams of living water. If we'll let him, he'll keep us in green pastures. If we'll just follow the shepherd, the good shepherd, if we'll just follow him, we might actually get full. Not full of ourselves, come on somebody, but full of his goodness, right? And all the things that we're trying to fill our life up with won't taste as good. So the Hebrew word for this place that God created And this moment that God would take with Adam is the word nuach. And it means to be rested and settled. Now, resting, let me clarify for a minute. Resting is not just vegging out on social media. That is not resting. Because the first political thing that comes up, your blood pressure shoots up. Come on, somebody. You know, y'all been dealing with this all week. It's not to sit behind the TV and watch ball games all day. It's to put yourself in a place where you can be rested and settled. You see, I don't think we have a problem stopping sometimes. I don't think we have a problem what we call resting sometimes, even though we're vegging out on our phone and we spend countless hours doing this. I don't think we have a problem doing that, but we're just calling it rest. It's not rest. Rest is rest when you get settled. Did y'all heard that? It's not rest until you get settled. What is God trying to do? He's trying to settle us down. He's trying to settle your mind. You ever have issues turning your mind off? Anybody? He's trying to settle your soul. He's trying to settle your physical body. He's trying to settle your emotions. He's just saying to us this morning, would you just stop and let me settle you down a little bit? Would you just come to a place I've created for you where you can stop from your work and we can nuoc together. We can meet together and you can settle. If that's not love, I don't know what is. 
He's not trying to get more from you. (laughs) He's trying to get more to you. God just wants his people settled down just one day out the week. Can you just settle down one day out the week? (laughs) Some of your parents are like, I wish I'd get my kids to settle down for 10 minutes, much less a day. Pastor, how am I supposed to rest when I got young kids? I don't know. Take it up with the man that created it. I ain't figured that one out. So Sabbath or this rest that we're talking about, this, this Shabbat Nuach type of rest where it's a stopping from work and a meeting with Jesus and letting him settle you down is what we call Sabbath. It was originally designed as the seventh day of the week where God stopped his work. It was so important that on God's top ten list, it made number four. In other words, it was the fourth commandment. Don't waste the seventh day. Don't waste the Sabbath. Stop and rest. Meet with me. Let me settle you down. Because you're not going to settle down until you meet with me. You can drink. You can medicate. You can smoke. You can veg. You can do all those things. But Monday's still coming and you're not settled down. You don't settle till you meet with Jesus. When you meet with Jesus, he settles you down. And then when Monday comes, you go into Monday totally different. Why? Because your heart has rested. Your emotions have rested. Your mind has rested. It's on his, it's number four on his top ten list. (laughs) And then it says this, that God blessed the day. (laughs) Look at it. Verse three says, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day that he rested from all his work of creation. So he blessed the day. Now watch this. The cool thing about a Sabbath is there's already a blessing waiting for you on the Sabbath. But if you don't receive the Sabbath, you don't receive the blessing. Then you're going to get all fashed and you're going to get mad at God because you're stressed out and you're going to blame him for all this stuff. And he goes, I already set a blessing in place. Would you just receive the blessing? It's a blessed day. Am I getting on your nerves yet? Am I messing up your schedule yet? I'm going to go harder then because I need to mess up your schedule this morning. Y'all answer wrong today. Lock the doors. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I want to give you a couple of thoughts about the Sabbath. Four thoughts. Like I told you, I'm going to try not to be long. Four thoughts about the Sabbath. Some of these come from my own experience and my observations from the scriptures. Number one, what is Sabbath? It's a get-to day in a have-to world. It's a get-to day in a have-to world. Come on, you know what it's like. Some of you are anxious already for tomorrow. Why? Because you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to go here and you have to go there and you you have to be here at a certain time and this kid has to have this and 
and we live in this have-to world, right? But Sabbath is a get-to day in a have-to world. It's a day where you get to rest. You get to stop. You get to settle down. It should be a pressure-free day filled with connection and rest. It's a day when we get to connect with God in a peaceful state, when we've been at war all week. You know, some people look forward to the weekend just to get away from work, but they're not really trying to connect with anything or anybody. And that's a problem. I'm glad that you're stopping your work, but if you're not connecting, you're not receiving the full blessing. It's a get-to day. I get to hang out with my wife without any chores. I get to hang out with my kids without any distractions. I get to go hang out with my friends. I get to, it's a get-to day. Come on, are you getting this this morning? It's a get-to day. It's not a have-to day. In other words, if you're going to enjoy a Sabbath, you're going to have to put your have-tos in their proper place. You're going to have to change your schedule. Did you hear me? You're going to have to change your schedule. But we don't have a schedule. That's why you're not getting any rest. (laughs) You're living like this. How you been? Stressed out. (laughs) Number two, it's a day of delight in a world of duty. A day of delight in the world of duty. When's the last time you thought about what delights you? Do you realize that God cares about you enough that he knows that there's certain things that you find delight in? (laughs) Do you realize God wired you a certain way? He knows exactly how you're created. And he knows, like for me, he knows if I go cut my grass or if if I go get in a boat and I go fishing, that's delightful for me. It, it replenishes my soul. It fills me back up. It's delightful. It's not dutasome. Did I just make up another word? Y'all, somebody keep track. We're going to have a dictionary for too long. It's a delightful. It's a delightful day. Come on, somebody. What do you like to do? Some of you don't even think about that because you're too busy. You don't even know what you like. If, I, if we were one-on-one and I would say, what do you find delight in? You'd be like, what's delight? Hadn't heard that word much. Seriously. What fills your tank? What gives you joy? What do you look forward to? Are you living in survival mode? And you're just looking forward to getting through this day. It's a day of delight in a world of duty. Maybe it's walking. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's knitting. Maybe it's reading for pleasure. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. It's spending time with people that, watch this, it's spending time with people that give you life, not people that suck the life out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's a slow ride through the country. 
Maybe it's sitting on the porch with a nice cup of coffee on a cool afternoon. And Jesus is sitting right next to you. And you settle down and then you can hear the birds chirping. The other day we got so quiet, we had a little prayer thing going on. We were praying at my house and I, I got, we got, it got so settled, I actually heard the clock ticking. I went, I remember, I was praying, I went, I didn't even know that clock made noise. How did I not know? I wasn't settled. Right? Turn off the devices. I want you to think about right now, what brings you delight? I want you to name one thing in your, in your mind right now. What one thing that if you could go do that today would just fill your tank? What is that? What's that one thing? It's a day of delight. Number three, I'm going to get a little bit more practical on you. And number four, I'm going to get really practical on you. Number three, you have to plan it, and then you have to communicate it. So it's not fair for me to go home and look at Cheryl when she says, hey, babe, would you help me with this? And say, nope, I'm on Sabbath. That will not be a day of delight. It will not be a get-to day. Right? You need to plan it. And then you need to communicate it with the people around you. Cheryl and I came back from sabbatical this summer, and we, we got to rest, and we got to settle down. And we came back, and there was, there was a few things. We were like, we have to fight for these. Like, we have to. This has to be a priority in our life. And so we came back, and we established a day that we call Sabbath. It's Saturday is our Sabbath day. And so we communicated to the family, hey, Saturdays, we're off. Don't be, don't be trying to get nothing out of mom and dad. We, we established it, we planned it, and then we communicated it. I communicated it to Lisa. I communicated it to my staff. I said, listen, if you're in a bind, call me. But like Saturday, I might be away from my phone. I should be away from my phone. <laughs> so God, God gave us this day to find pleasure in it and not restriction. So don't get all legalistic because then your Sabbath won't be fun. Come on, some of you read your Bible, and you're thinking, well, it has to be on this day, and it has to be this, and it has to be 40 minutes of this, and 20 minutes of this, and then we have to do this together, and, and everybody's like, uh-uh. I like life before Sabbath. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a day of pleasure, not a day of restriction. So just relax. Settle down. Settle down. You may want to plan some things with your kids, daddy-daughter date, mama-son date, daddy-mama date. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you might want to leave some room for some spontaneity. Keep it loose. Leave some room. Cheryl and I try to talk on Fridays about what we're going to do on Saturdays. So that way there's no confusion. Is this helping? Jesus gives us rest. I'm just trying to teach you how to enjoy it. Number four, you'll have to fight to keep it a priority. 
Listen to me clearly today. You will have to fight to keep it a priority. Because everybody and their mama is coming to take your day. Right? So Cheryl and I came back from sabbatical and we started, we established our Sabbath day on Saturdays. And so we were excited about the first Saturday and our week looks like this. Monday is meetings, Tuesdays, more meetings, Wednesdays, cave day, right? Sermon all day. Thursday is, is what we call a junk drawer day where we just take care of some loose ends and some things we couldn't get to Monday and Tuesday. So if I have a meeting with you on Thursday, don't think that you're junk. I just, it's what we call it. <laughs> kind of box myself in the corner there for a minute. <laughs> oh, got me on your junk drawer day, huh, bro? <laughs> and we own some some businesses and so Fridays is business work day so I may be putting floors in the house doing something on Fridays all day and then Saturday is the rest day Saturday is Sabbath for us because Sundays is a work day like I'm working today you see I'm breaking a sweat (laughs) this is not a this is not a Sabbath for us today we will rest today but it's not a Sabbath and so we, we we man we had like two weeks and it was good. Two Sabbaths in a row, we were like, oh, yeah, we killing it. Went, went into Monday morning feeling good. Like, come on, devil, where you at? I'm looking for you. I'm going to knock you out today. Just went into the week refreshed, settled, restored, replenished. It was great. Two weeks in a row, we got Sabbath right. Third week rolled around. Well, you see, when we established Sabbath, we gave up a work day for the businesses. I started falling behind. So the third Sabbath came around, I cheated. Hi, my name is Jamie. I cheated on Sabbath. I thought I was going to get ahead. I'm like, you know, Lord, we just started this thing. Like, you know, brother needs a break. Like, you know, just go do the thing. I'll catch up with the rest later. It was a horrible day. I went into the day frustrated. I went into the day agitated. Nothing went right on my Sabbath. Are you listening to me? Nothing went right. I finally threw my hands up and I said, I'm done. And I went home and I rested the rest of the afternoon. And Cheryl and I talked that afternoon. And I said, you know, everything I hoped to get done today didn't happen. So I repented. You're like, golly, Pastor, you're kind of going a little far with this rest thing. I repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. You, you blessed me and gave me a day, and I squandered it. I thought I could cheat and get around and catch up. You didn't even bless it. I'm sorry. So I repented to the Lord, and then I had to repent to my wife. Watch this, men. I had to repent to my wife because I should have led her better. Does this make you feel better? I should have led better. I should have woke up that, that morning, even though I was anxious and, and, and stirred up and trying to get a whole bunch of stuff caught up. I should have stopped, connected with Cheryl for a minute, and said, you know what? I know I'll probably be a little further behind if I don't today, but I think we need to rest. So we're not so strict that we won't help people on that day. 
because Jesus teaches us otherwise. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 11 to 14, Jesus is speaking because he's getting in trouble about the Sabbath. They were walking through a field. They were hungry, and they started picking some, some heads of wheat and eating as they were walking through, and they got in trouble for that. And then Jesus is confronted with a man who needs a miracle, and, and the religious folks, those restrictive people, were sitting there trying to find a reason to arrest him. And so Jesus makes this statement in verse 11, and he answered and said, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. So, so you have to fight to keep your Sabbath. You have to plan it. You have to schedule it. You've got to communicate it. Then you've got to fight to keep it. So one of the things I'm learning right now is that when things pop up, because how many of you know things pop up? Things pop up. I'm learning to go, Lord, do you want me to chase that or not? Lord, do you want me to go do that or not? And then I have to be willing that whatever he tells me to do, I need to be willing to do it or not do it, right? So we're not so strict that we don't, we don't help anyone who needs help on that day. But at the same time, you have to guard that day. I'm going to try to help you. Sometimes you have people in your life that need help a lot. <laughs> I hear you coughing. Sometimes you have people that live in crisis. They like it. You know how you know they like it? Because they never leave it. And those people will call and try to mess up your Sabbath. They're not looking for help. They're just looking for company. Don't forfeit your Sabbath to go get up in somebody's chaos that they've been in for 10 years. Come on. You, you got to learn how to regulate some of this stuff. You need to learn how to pray and ask God, do you want me to go help them or not? I'm just trying to help. So sometimes they invite you into their chaos because they just want company. Last verse, Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. I want you to listen to what Jesus tells us this morning. Then Jesus said this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. You know what I love about that verse? Is Jesus makes this one simple statement in that verse. I'm easy and I'm light. If you'll come to me, I'll give you rest.
You know what the good news in all this is? Is I don't have to figure it all out myself. The good shepherd knows how, he knows how to lead me if I'll let him lead me. I can do it myself if I want to, but I think we all know where that gets us, right? So that invitation stands today to come to him if you're weary and heavy burdened. Anybody weary and heavy burdened today? Anybody struggling to find rest? Anybody's schedule all out of whack? Has your life been chaos? Has it been nonstop? Jesus wants to help you today. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. All those that are going to be baptizing, you can, baptizing and getting baptized, you can go change your clothes right now. Father, we come to you today. I think for some of us in this room, Lord, we need to make a confession that I haven't rested well. We need to confess that I've been cheating on Sabbath. I've been cheating myself. I haven't been tapping into this blessing that you've set already in place for me. God, would you help me today? Would you teach me? Like you promised just now, Jesus, in, in Matthew 11, would you teach me? Would you teach me how to live the good life? Would you teach me how to follow after you? Would you teach me to hear your voice? Lord, would you teach me to find rest when rest is already set in place for me? Would you teach me how to protect it, how to plan it and schedule it? Lord, would you teach me how to delight in this good life that you've given me? Would you help me to take advantage of the get-tos in this life? I get to rest. I get to reconnect. I get to spend time. I get to stop working. Teach us, Lord. Help us today. If that's you this morning, no one looking around, if you just want to be real honest today and say, you know what, Pastor, my life has been really crazy and I haven't rested in a long time like that. Maybe you would say, I haven't rested to the point where I settled. If that's you, just raise your hand this morning. That's good. All over the room. All over the room. Thank you, Lord. Lord, teach us. Teach us. We can't enjoy this good life if we're already always in a hurry. A rushed soul is not a teachable soul. rushed mind is not a clear mind. Help us today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want us to do something this morning. We're going to make a declaration together. This should be in your notes. If not, it'll be on the screen. I want us to declare Psalms 23 together. I want us to make a declaration over our own lives by reading God's word. I want you to come along with me. Ready? You can put the first one up. There we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. 
He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap for that this morning? Well, let's set it up, guys. Give us a few minutes. I want to say to you this morning that we were always open to someone who came unprepared to be baptized today. Maybe God moved in your heart and you've recently given your life to Jesus and you say, man, I just want to take my next step. If that's you, you can get baptized today. You don't even have to go through a class. There was never a class in the Bible for baptism, right? I'm reminded of Philip when he ran up alongside the, the eunuch in the chariot and got into the chariot and led him to the Lord. And the eunuch said, man, what must I do next? And he pulled over at a bayou or a river. It had to be a bayou. And, and he, he baptized him right there in the bayou. Come on, somebody. So if you're here today and God's moved on your heart and you want to take that next step, you need to get this out. You need to get this out. You want to take that next step, all you need to do is get in line. We baptize folks in their Sunday clothes all the time. We got towels for you. You can take them home. They're going to figure that out. By the way, the water's 95 degrees. Yeah. I told Brandon he couldn't sit down and put his arms on the sides and act like he was in a spa. Although the water's just going to touch him at his ankles, but... Come on, Brandon and Jay. If you need the steps, you can use them. If not, just whatever you want. I knew he was going to do that. Little buddy. But today we get Molly Jane. Come on, Molly. I had the privilege of sitting with Molly, and she got to tell me how she got saved and all those things and how she wants to follow her decision to give her life to Jesus by getting water baptized. You can step down to the next one if you... What did she say this morning, Brandon? She has a unique ability to melt a man's heart. You ready, Molly? All right, I want you to cross your hands. Yep, she's practiced. Molly Jane, we all celebrate with you today your decision to give your life to Jesus. And we're excited that you get to walk from today going forward with Jesus the rest of your life. And we're glad that you're going public this morning. 
So, Father, right now, we, we baptize Molly in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's get a picture. We gotta get a picture. excited also about today she came bringing her brand new bible she showed me her new pink bible that her mama got for her and she gave me a big hug and it just really blessed me he's a special man right Millie we're excited for you we're celebrating with you we want to come alongside you and walk this thing out with you and Jesus and I know your family is fired up think so? Yeah, I think so. All right, cross your arms, pinch your nose. Millie, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's get a picture. next come on big credence don't act bashful there's not a bashful bone in your body absolutely take your shoes off you got anything in your pockets all right ready to go it's 95 bro we're gonna take care of you man awesome credence uh came came to us the other night after our youth group meeting we taught on baptism, and he said, Pastor, I'd like to be baptized. And so he's given his life to Christ, and he wants to be baptized today. So, bro, we're proud of you, man. I think your daddy and your mama might be proud, too. Hopefully, yeah. So step, step forward. You're a little bit taller. There you go. No, no, no. Just stay, stand on your feet, because I don't want you to. All right. Cross your arms and grab your nose. You ready? Credence, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Fill him up, Lord. Fill him up. Hold up, hold up, right there, right there. Take a picture. Got you. You got this. It's not bad. All right. Sonia came to me last Sunday after service, and she was crying, and she just said, Pastor, I just want to come home. I just want to come home. I said, well, you come home. And she said, I think I want to be baptized. I'm like, 
you come on. So I want to tell you this morning, welcome home. Welcome home. God always puts us in family. This is your home. You're welcome here. Amen. Step forward.